Reporting is Eligible is proudly supported by Appleton Coffee Company. They're a small local roaster in Appleton, Wisconsin, and I make a pot of their Packerland breakfast blend just about every morning. I also have a very large bag of the barrel-aged coffee that I enjoy on the weekends. If you go to appletoncoffee.com and use code RAE at checkout, you'll save yourself 10% and you will support the show. Once again, that's appletoncoffee.com, code RAE at checkout. Hey everybody, welcome to Reporting is Eligible. I am Paul Noonan of Acme Packing Company and the Shepherd Express. Uh, we uh, we just finished the bye week. We are playing against the 49ers again, uh, a team that the Packers seem to play in the playoffs kind of a lot uh, and uh, already have defeated once this year in a kind of weird game. But uh, um, that's what we got. It's not a bad matchup. Uh, it is an interesting matchup because um, Matt LaFleur is a Kyle Shanahan guy. Fundamentally, these teams are similar in a lot of ways. And to help me preview it, uh, getting angry at the Badgers in urban Wauwatosa, we have... Hey, it's J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter. Yes, an actual sports reporter from the Milwaukee <laughs> Journal Sentinel. <laughs> Pursuant to a conversation we had last week. Uh, yes, trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Indeed, double dosing here, watching, watching the Badgers while talking Packers. And fun fact, Paul, I have been to San Francisco twice in the past calendar year. I have been to Green Bay once in the past calendar year. I... That do with that information whatever you want. It's completely useless, but uh, an intriguing an intriguing subplot is my uh, my San Francisco ness this season. Pretty surprising, actually. Um, I yeah, have, you've been there more in the last calendar year than I've uh, ever been there because I've only been to San Francisco once, and I really like the Pacific Northwest. Um, so which San Francisco wasn't entirely kind of not entirely my choice to go back. It yeah. was more of a we went in the summer and it was great. And the sister-in-law that we were visiting was like, Hey, guess what? I'm getting married and it's going to be right around Christmas. So um, if you could just come back and we did, and uh, you know, it's a good time. There's some bridges, a lot of bridges, uh, a lot of Hills, <laughs> a lot of Hills and their football team is, yeah, is decent. And uh, I think I am in that camp of people who are a little bit scared just I think because they're underrated, you know. which we'll, we'll get into here. Um, I, I do think that the 49ers are, Better than a lot of Packer fans are giving them credit for, um, but uh, I still think we'll win. So, um, and, and uh, also helping us preview the game, someone who I might actually see this weekend. Um, I, my name is Matt, but you can call me Mattel, the Acme Packing Company meme weaver and general Twitter rabble rouser. The farthest west I have ever been in the United States is Gunnison, Colorado. No, really? You've never been to Cali? Never been to Cali. Never been west of Gunnison. So huh. Interesting. I've never... You know what's funny is... Denver is just a monument to getting to the Rocky Mountains and just going, nah, never mind, and then stopping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which already, that's, so that, that's, that's a good point, but you also are like already halfway out west. Like for you to go to California is not that hard. Especially sure, actually, what's, what's funny is where I live in Colorado is exactly halfway between LA and where I lived in Michigan. 
like exactly <laughs> halfway. Can I look? Uh, I, yes. I don't mean to interrupt, but the Badgers just hit a beyond half court shot at the buzzer to end the first half, like an absolute heave. I'm very excited. I'm trying to calm down. Keep talking to me about the West. Why isn't the gateway to the West, Matub? In Colorado, why is it in St. Louis, Missouri? How does how did that work out? Because because it's feel harder like... to go over a mountain than it is to go over a river. I'm, I'm thinking about what you're saying, and I'm trying to decide if I believe that. Okay, that's yes, <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Out. We're good. Yeah, I we're good. Yes, <laughs> I it wasn't it wasn't processing in my head quite. I, I don't right, know. If yes. I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase "move mountains." <laughs> 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 but you, but we have four wheel drive now. Is the thing so. <laughs> <laughs> better, better yeah. than better than Oregon Trail with yeah, a Conestoga. So yes, <laughs> you have died of dysentery. I definitely uh, drove home from California. One of the, one of our trips flew out, drove back, and uh, saw a whole lot of Wyoming and Nevada. And there there is a lot of Wyoming and Nevada in the world, and a uh, fair amount of Utah. <laughs> fair amount of utah but uh rocky mountains i recommend i recommend at least one drive through the rocky mountains in your life and then never ever ever (laughs) can we we all agree that there's too much nebraska there's too much nebraska nebraska is the worst i thought iowa was the worst until we got to nebraska and then actually iowa is quite beautiful uh once you are getting out of nebraska it's all relative (laughs) i was especially if you're going west through nebraska you pass the only two cities in Nebraska mm-hmm. in the first 45 minutes, and then you just have 500 miles nothing. of nothing. Just, oh, nothing. no respect for Kearney. No respect. Kearney's on oh, the way. I, Kearney is the sand crane capital of the world. Intriguing. I did not know that. I um, stayed in is... Kearney on the way back from, from California. <laughs> yeah. you, you cannot stay in Kearney, Nebraska during the sand crane migration season because literally every sand crane in the world stops there. All right. and, it's, and it's just covered with bird watchers. I had no idea. <laughs> that that yeah. was the case i and saw I no bird watchers and my car was not scathed by sandhill crane droppings so i have a feeling i was not there at the right time <laughs> so anyway football football, <laughs> football. we're going to the playoffs we're going to the playoffs playoffs we're, we're already in the playoffs the playoffs are underway we get the 49ers who beat the cowboys um in a, just a despicable football tremendous. game um, did you it, say despicable it was tremendous i mean it was tr- it was tremendous in the way that um like the room uh, is tremendous. Like that that <laughs> that unintentional comedies are tremendous. It was tremendous in that way. See, uh, I think I think it was tremendous in the way that Rounders is tremendous, where it tries really hard to be good and ends up being bad. Well, yeah, that's that's the that is the room. That this yeah, I, but I think I, I should rephrase. The room would be like going to like a Pop Warner game that's trying really hard with a lot of money. And, yeah, Rounders Rounders is is an a, a big budget movie. movie. Yeah, okay, fair enough. In the <laughs> past, you end, up, you end up with pay that man his money. <laughs> in the past, I have tried to defend Mike McCarthy. I feel like uh, he was given an overtly bad rap earlier than he deserved it. But somebody else made this point. He has an offensive coordinator who's considered very good. He has a defensive coordinator who's considered very good. In fact, he's getting apparently a ton of interviews for head coaching gigs. He has a president slash general manager slash overlord who is in control of the roster. If Mike McCarthy can't handle the like timing and the game flow, then I, I don't know what he does there. And just incredible that he found a way to interject himself into the narrative. And San Francisco almost found a way to give it back. It took it took some crazy circumstances for that game to even be a thing as long as it was. But like San Francisco almost blew it yeah, too. Yeah, Kyle. Uh, Kyle's good at making plays up, but Kyle's not so good at game flow himself. And uh, he will let you back in if you if you just give him a chance. And that's what happened there. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, the movable object versus the 
Yeah, immovable force, I guess. <laughs> the destructible force. <laughs> the destruct- yeah. The destru- yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. The destructible force. Um, but M- McCarthy should be getting so much. I mean, he is getting, more, but more crap for the punt, I think, than the the run at the end because the punt was like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, well, <laughs> it's you can't screw that up. Nobody puts the punt unit on first down. It's I don't think ever happened before in the history of the league. Maybe during like a, a monsoon in 1918, it happened. But um, have you guys have have you heard the the description there? Like what happened? I have not heard the description. Of what so, happened. so well, they, weren't they trying to draw them off sides? That's, no, they fully intended to run a play with the punt team. They called it a turbo package. They had a play set up to run a play with the punt team. That's why. But why uh, the punt? The, I don't know. Like, the, but they had an offensive play set up. But I guess someone like the gunner or something stepped off and a ref considered that as a substitution. So they were trying to to stop the 49ers from subbing out their defense and running. a play. Yes. And, and they were trying to stop the Niners from subbing out their punt team. And they had a play like set up to run like they were actually going to run a real play. All right. But OK, that's it's that's less stupid than trying to draw them offside. It's less stupid, but it's but still it's incredibly still stupid, really to, to, stupid have a, because... to have a scripted offensive play yes. where your punter is in the slot. And you call that turbo? Your punter is the slot? You call that turbo? Come I think on. it was turbo. I don't don't Here, quote me on the, that. But I... Here's the thing. If you don't have the element of surprise, the special team's return team will always stop the team with the punter as quarterback. Like, that's just... Slot. It's not a good idea. It's a bad idea. What you shouldn't. Do I assume it. the long snapper was quarterback. If the punter's in the slot, let's go. Either, it, yeah, whoever's whoever's playing quarterback is not an NFL quarterback, so they're not <laughs> going to run a successful play. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm watching the play right now, and so so their 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 special teams coordinator. Yes. Okay, so they were going to set up, and then a ref holds out a hand to show that that people are subbing. And then the special teams coordinator is losing his mind going, no, just come off, just come off. <laughs> and so oh, they've got, they've got, I don't know. I think it's like CD lamb lining up at quarterback. And then literally their punter is in the slot. Like they had a, they had a real formation and everything, but a gunner stepped off on accident. And they considered uh, it a sub. I, I so. feel like it's one of those things that is way outside the box, too far outside the box where it just is going to look stupid. But I will say this, if what you're describing works and it does, even if it yields, any any positive, even if it yields ten yards, it'll seem like oh wow, they're really trying some things there, uh, or or it draws them off sides or whatever. But uh, if it doesn't work, the pay the 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 reverse payoff is so substantial. Is so yeah. like what are you doing? And this is Mike's problem of not calculating risk and reward enough, and always has been. Uh, and that's the the run at the end too. Like the 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 reward of that sneak play is that you get to the twenty five instead of the forty. And then you get one last shot at the end zone from the twenty-five uh, instead of, I guess, two Haley Mary kind of passes. But the the risk is huge. <laughs> we saw any number of things yes. could go wrong, we, and they did. And they did. Then they went wrong, and the game's over. And then you just lose without ever getting a chance to score. It, it it's an asinine thing to think about. Like I also, can can we put to bed that it was it was not the ref's fault? It, yeah, we like, should go in detail. It was not the ref's fault. Uh, if there is a if you follow football zebras on Twitter, there's a very good uh, breakdown of what the rule actually is here and what the responsibilities of the official are. And um, if the team self spots, the, the official, if it's close, can walk over and tap the ball, um, but they are typically not allowed to do it if it's spotted more than a yard away from the proper spot. And if you go and look at that, it's very clear that the Cowboys three. 
Cowboys center. Cowboys center spotted the ball way too far forward. Um, you should go and give it to the official so that he can spot it quickly because they're trying to move quickly too. And that just didn't happen. It was a fundamental breakdown. Should have given it. Uh, if you're going to spot it yourself, you have to get it right, but you shouldn't do that. But you have to get it right. They didn't do that. And that ended the game. Not the ref's <laughs> fault at all. Refs did everything correctly. I don't know who runs that football zebras account, but I learned more from that Twitter account than a it's lot. It's really on good, game day. and I suppose we should vet it at some point to make sure that they actually do know what they're talking about. They seem to, though. They seem to always be pretty on uh, with um, the rules. There is a failed Packers last-minute drive where Randall Cobb self-spotted, and like I'm struggling to find it. The only reason I remember yeah. it is because Cobb self-spotted, and people were mad, but they lost anyway. So. I mean, all Badger fans probably feel a little salty about this one, but that was the referee's fault. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a whole different can of worms, I think. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so our dream of Mike McCarthy coming to Lambeau Field is dead. Yes, indeed. For at least another year, and then uh, the 49ers are the team that will be coming to Lambeau instead. Um, earlier this year, they uh, honestly like that's a game where, I mean. You, uh, you've pointed out that that honestly, with the, the way the officiating was, the Packers probably should have won that game more handily. To me, it feels like a game they stole. Uh, I've I've made it's the kind of comment. Both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I made the comment that Henry Black, with the allowance of Kyle Uzcheck to score, I don't think he meant to, but Kyle Uzcheck ran over him like he was nothing. Got mm-hmm. in the end zone, gave the Packers plenty of time to mount an attack with no timeouts down the middle of the field. Really, really, just a genius it was a two minute great drill. drive great like 40 yep. second drive that, that was an insane yeah drive. yeah two minute drill but like without the two minutes and then a 51 yard field goal for mason crosby to win the game at the buzzer uh very excited aaron Rodgers was filmed on the sideline there that was early in the season i think that made them two and one or something but uh a game that i always always marked on the calendar as well they won but like they really probably shouldn't have maybe you could argue they probably should have anyway i i, I don't know it doesn't. It doesn't give me a lot of I would say, confidence, yeah. even though this game is at home. The way it was officiated, they they should not have won. Now Aaron stole that one, but um, I at the time I wrote an article for Acme Packing Company on this, and I calculated all of the the winning percentage and EPA lost from from calls that were just bullshit calls, uh, and I tried to adjust for calls that were legit. Like there was a tripping call uh, that went on Adrian Amos that was actually the biggest oh, call of the game. Right. But that call was legit. Like that was. It's not doesn't get called often, but he did commit it so whatever but then then someone but on the 49ers there was a holding penalty. yes there was a holding but penalty. no but then they they also overtly tripped and it didn't get called yes yes fine there's that too um and there but there was like a, a an intentional grounding penalty that should have been called on jimmy garoppolo that was very obvious there were a bunch of very questionable pass interference penalties especially at the end of the first half Eric, the, the Eric, third and the third and ten was that the one on stokes yes eric stokes got hit twice with two questionable ones. one was one was on third and ten that gave the 49ers a first down and essentially the packers were robbed of something like 12 to 14 points by jerome Booker's crew in that game um so accounting for all of that um, they really did, and they really did dominate on a per-play basis. The Packers were much better than the 49ers in this game. Um, the 49ers were not efficient. They didn't run the ball well, which is a 49ers staple. Jimmy Garoppolo was very Jimmy Garoppolo. He would, he was 25 of 40 for 257 yards, so 10 yards pass through an interception, through a hilarious backward pass for no good reason um, that everybody should go watch again because it, it's amazing. Um, but, like, they weren't good. They just got into a bit of a rock fight because of Boger's crew and they probably should have won the rock fight and they didn't. The Packers stole it. So yay for that. But we can't really learn too much from that game. Um, it was so dysfunctional as, as a football game that there's not a lot to take away other than like the Packers are perfectly capable of beating the 49ers. And if they're not careful, the 49ers can stick around 
and and do that too. So um, that's kind of what you get there. And a lot of the weaknesses and strengths were on display. Um, George Kittle was the best receiver for the 49ers, and the Packers struggled with tight ends. He went 7-9 for 92 yards. And MVS had one of his best games of the year. Um, 3 of 4 for 59 yards. He caught one bomb. He was overshot on another. And the 49ers are the worst team, second worst team in the league against deep passes. This is an, an MVS game if there ever was one. So um, that's uh, th- that's kind of how that one rolled. And um, uh, it, the Packers can certainly win it if they play a clean game. They probably should win this game every time. We have good, by the way, we have good officiating in this game. Um, I, I've forgotten the official's name. It's kind of a funny name. Torbert. I know it's Torbert. I forgot his first name. It's like Ted Ron. Torbert or something like that. Um, it's, it, it's Ron. Is it Ron Torbert? Ron Torbert does not yeah. call a lot of penalties, and the Packers have a very good record with Ron Torbert games, and the 49ers have a very poor record with Ron Torbert so, games. So I looked it up. Throughout the 2021 season, he is averaging two fewer flags a game over under league average. Good. I like um, that. Also, shout-outs to the rundown auto formatting for saying the MVS had three quarters three of a quarters catch. Three quarters of a catch. <laughs> it right. auto-formatted his three of four into three quarters. <laughs> And I'm done. It reminds me of the time that Archon 14 was complaining about putting um, putting combine data into Excel because it kept <laughs> saying that players were June third tall. <laughs> Excel is. Just, I don't know why they can't get that right, but the the Excel incel meme is the, like the best one. So. Uh, mistaking something for a date it's perfect so <laughs> if we watch the 49ers obviously Kittle is one of the top of mind issues Debo Samuel is the other and in that first game Debo Samuel had some impact but was largely not he was not a game breaker yeah. so what did the Packers do in that game and is it is it repeatable they did a great job on Debo Samuel and one of the good things about the Packer defense is that while they don't rank well on a lot of efficiency stats they were a good tackling team this year and the way to the way to beat the 49ers is to let them complete passes in front of you and tackle them let them do their crazy outside running and tackle them um they they will kill you if you lose your discipline on the outside and if you miss any tackles that's where debo makes his yards he's the best yak guy in the league by a lot um Devondre Campbell was huge in game one, keeping things in front of him. Uh, everybody tackled great, and Debo was held in check for that reason. Uh, that is fundamentally what you have to do against him because that's their entire game. And the Cowboys switched their defense at halftime uh, and played a much better second half by just playing basically a cover two shell, keeping everything in front of them and tackling everything and making Garoppolo try and go over the top, which he is completely incapable of doing. So. Um, it is. It's also worth noting that Garoppolo's pick against the Packers wasn't that dumb. It like, wasn't. He's just not a good quarterback. So well, yeah. Like, but like, so people kind of forget that like Jair red hit his eyes and bailed on his receiver, but also is like a four three guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was the Jair it, Superman play. It was awesome. But yeah, like, he came came out of nowhere. Garoppolo doesn't. You know he's he's vulnerable to things like that, and he makes bad decisions, and he doesn't push the ball with any force down the field. So that allows. It, and he he also has he also has a broken thumb and a bad shoulder, both on his throwing hand. <laughs> Are we actually sure that's true? I, I saw the so, rumor going around, but do we know that he's okay? Asking? So the the shoulder has been confirmed, um, and also the rumor, I guess, from within the team is that the shoulder actually became an issue right around the time he started sucking. So, like four years ago, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but okay. a lot of other changes for yes. the uh, for the a lot of changes, I should say, for the Forty ers including 
no more Josh Norman, who is a flashy name, but was not not exactly getting it done. So yeah. this this 49ers team, we we think is a little better than the one they saw in week three or four, right? I think that's right. Their offensive line is still mostly intact and very good. They When the Packers played them, they had just gone through a string of having like five running backs all get hurt at the same time. They drafted Trey Sermon really high, and he's a good athlete, and he played in that game, but he sucks. Uh, I think we can we can close the book on Trey Sermon that he just sucks. Uh, Elijah Mitchell has established himself as the running back there, and he is now healthy. He played very well against the Cowboys, and he's playing in this game. Um, uh, Samson Ekubon has taken over for, is it, I should have written first names down. Is it Jerome Kinlaw? Am I right about that? off the top of my head they have kinlaw and greenlaw and i wrote down i wrote down dre greenlaw but forgot whatever um the uh the secondary is the big one so the secondary it's javon by the way javon kinlaw sorry javon kinlaw yeah the, the, the secondary is where it's huge because josh norman is still playing very limited snaps but he is the second worst graded pff corner in football and he he looks it he's really bad he looks washed um so th- his replacement is ambry thomas who's not that much better but the big the big difference is Kwan Williams now basically plays every snap and he didn't in that first game and he's actually pretty good um the slot corner in that game was a guy named DM I don't know how to pronounce this Diamodor Lenoir I don't know how to say that name he, isn't it Diamodor Diamodor Lenoir uh, I don't know I I actually I guess I haven't heard that name said out loud well but, he's, uh, that's he, what I've always thought he's he's awful and uh he no longer plays so the, they torched him pretty well in the first game and he doesn't ever play he doesn't see the field so secondary is a lot better linebacking core is a lot better running backs a lot better and also Brandon Ayuk has just had a great second half of the season and is now an actual threat whereas when the Packers played against them he was an afterthought and actually had a pretty good game against the Packers but now he is like an actual good downfield threat and pairs up with Debo and Kittle very well their offense is much much better it's truly disappointing that Diamador Ledoir is not good because that is an awesome name it is an awesome it would be awesome if he were awesome very sad. Well, uh, what about a, the fa- he's a corner in the 30s. This number's 38. <laughs> Not a good it's, sign. Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Packers don't have Elton Jenkins. Uh, they don't have Robert Tanyan. They don't have Randall Cobb. Well, they did They did have Randall Cobb in this game. Uh, but uh, they, they've got some changes. They, they were able to make this work with this was Yash Nyman was already there, uh, had already established himself as like a quality contributor at this point. So, you know, they, they, they were still running with some of these guys, but I don't think What's Elton up? played in this game. Um, I think he was out for the first game for some other reason, not for the long-term oh, injury. Um, so they I had see. they had the total backup line in this game too, and so um, they. Well, should... Josh Myers was around, right? Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, okay, but having Bakhtiari back should actually make a a noticeable difference over what they had the first time around. So that's good. Um, th- I mean, the, the biggest difference is Russell Douglas was not there for this game before. Uh, Jair was, but uh, their secondary, the Packers secondary, is now much better, and. They have, I think, some ability now to actually cover tight ends if if Jair plays, of course, and actually do something against Kittle. Uh, that's the the biggest thing here is the 49ers can actually stress you with their receiving core pretty well. Like they they go pretty deep between Debo and Ayuk and and Kittle, and the Packers can actually match up with that now, whereas they really couldn't before. So um, it's a uh, that I think is maybe the biggest difference in the game. They really ate up. Uh, Shannon Sullivan had good percentage numbers last game. Uh, he, he had uh, three of five passes against him, but he got torched on those three catches. They went for 67 yards. They were big ones, uh, and Shannon will probably be the biggest, you know, guy off the off the field when Alexander comes back. That that should work to their advantage. 
Also, Jenkins hurt his ankle against the Lions. That's why he was out there against the Niners. Yeah, it, I, it, as I'm saying it, it's like, why was Josh Nyman in this game? But uh, I get it now. Elton Jenkins was not. So they had Newman. They had Runyon. They had Newman. Newman. <laughs> they had Turner. They had Myers. And uh, and that was that. Josh Nyman. Josh Nyman's star was just starting to rise. Yeah. And uh, do, do you think it's a, a big Devontae game since the Niners do have trouble I mean, outside isn't necessarily, you said MBS is, is a big factor. Hopefully he's at full strength because we don't know that to be true yet. But uh, I imagine Devontae then will we'll try to try to eat a little bit on the on the on the outside. Yeah. Right. The 49ers... I think every game from now on is going to be a big Devontae. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. That's true. <laughs> More so than this one than most, though. The, the 49ers have what, what I think is sort of the good inside linebacker splits on the receiving core. Uh, on their receiving splits, on their defending receiving splits. They're the, the second worst team against number one receivers. They are terrible against them. They struggle mightily. A lot of that is Cooper Cup just eating them up um, terribly. But I Cooper mean, Cup eating them up. Devontae is, you know, essentially as good. He's better than Cooper Cup is, and he should have his way with their secondary. Um, but they're kind of bad against all outside receivers. They're basically bad against any kind of downfield throws, and their corners have struggled for that reason. Um, a couple of years ago, they had a very dominant secondary when they had Richard Sherman uh, and still had a lot of the, the, the good safety play they have now with, with Ward. Um, but that has gotten old and gotten not on the team anymore, and now they really can't stop anything outside. Um, they're very good against tight ends and pass-catching running backs. They're fourth and fifth. That's kind of their whole pass defense. The way to attack the 49ers is simple, and the Packers have Devontae, so it's even more simple. It's it's feed Devontae, shoot for Lazard and everybody else deep, including Cobb if he plays, and that should be plenty to score points. As long as they do that, they should be fine. Uh, running the ball against San Francisco is idiotic and should not be done too much. Yeah, we are. We are obviously the running backs are not great podcast, but um, I, AJ Dillon can certainly be useful against teams that can't stop the run. Um, that is not this. They're second against the run. They barely ever have a hundred yard rusher against them. There's no reason to run the ball against them too much. It's easy to pass against them. So it, my one of my worries is that they do fall in love in the frozen tundra atmosphere with trying to pound the ball a little too much. And that happened a little bit last game um, where Aaron Jones was okay, but not great and put one on the ground and um, I could see that kind of repeating itself, but they should not run the ball that much in this game. Don't do it. I have a feeling Aaron Rodgers against the San Francisco 49ers in what might be his last postseason is not going to allow for a lot of running of the football. Probably it's just a hunch. Yeah. He's going to check out of the runs. Uh, do you guys want to hear something good that came out of McAfee? Yeah, totally. I did Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and his computer football brain was talking about the Devontae touchdown against the Browns when they ran that like all out blitz. It was oh, like yeah. cover zero. Um, so Devonte was in the slot and what they had called, uh, in the Shanahan offense is called a Joe route. Uh, it turns out I looked this up, the Joe route in this offense in other offenses is called the jerk off route. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the reason it's called the Joe is because J O. So, uh, okay, it's yeah. where, where the guy in the slot runs a slant directly at the mic and then climbs from there. But the Rodgers was reading like a mega blitz, which ended up what happening. They they rushed like seven from the middle, and it was yeah, and it was man to man the other four. Um, Devonte and Aaron just looked at each other. He didn't even call an actual check. They just looked at each other, and Devonte knew what to do at that point. That's incredible. That is so. Um, people always talked about this like sixth sense that Rodgers had with Jordy. Like he always kind of knew where. Like I remember in twenty. 2011 there's this play 
where it seems like Rogers just like throws it up for a prayer and it just lands in Jordy's hands. Like, like didn't like hit him in stride 60 yards down the field. And I feel like we have that with Rogers and Devontae yeah, at this point. I do too. It's just Devontae is never going to be able to run like Jordy did. Yeah. The other thing with the Niners is you don't want to get behind um, mm, because right. they are a good running team and they, they are capable of pulling off kind of a Cleveland on the Packers. They have a very good offensive line. Uh, Mitchell is good, but Debo is especially good if you if you can get him going outside um, to, to kill time too. So uh, you, you want to be ahead. You want to make Garoppolo have to throw down the field. If you do that, you win going away. No problem. And that's what the plan should be, and they should be able to do it. But uh, you know, the 49ers are a smart team, and they do have a shot. They have the weapons to do it, and it, it should be a good game if nothing else. I actually wish it was in better condition. I, I'm a little worried about the the bad weather coming into play and turning it into a running contest because the 49ers will win a running contest. If it's hard to pass it all, this this kind of, I think, swings to their favor a little bit. Was well, I'm trying to remember Garoppolo, I think, was 6 of 8 a couple years ago in the NFC Championship that's game correct. passing. Yes. Yeah, that's he Mostert had 200 yards rushing and Garoppolo completed six passes. That is how that went. Then the- what a shame that Raheem Mostert is not here for this because that uh, was that was uh, the introduction that I gave you guys to John Hack, uh, Wisconsin powerlifting legend John yeah. Hack posted ah, a hilarious he's... meme about Raheem Mostert on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, draw 26 Uno meme. It was like tackle Raheem Mostert <laughs> or draw 26, and it showed a guy with a Packers with logo for face. Yeah. Uh, yes, and uh, Debo had a good running game in that game too. That was one of his first big rushing games. So um, I was surprised Debo only had like 300 yards rushing this year, this season. They only turned to him the last like four games of the season as a sort of primary rushing. Uh, it was a gimmick until then, but uh, okay. he's just like, wow, that's low. <laughs> Is it? Hmm. I actually thought it was higher than that too. So I'm surprised. Oh yeah, I, I thought it was way higher than that. <laughs> yeah, but he he's been running a lot more lately, so I'm not that surprised at that. Hmm. And all right. right, so are we going to do the quiz here, or is that uh, are we are we skipping over that to, to go to questions? I uh, think we should do. I think we should do. Uh, we're only half hour. Eight. Let's let's do the quiz. It, it's uh, all right. It's not that long. We can and we can go through questions fast if we need to. Here we go. All right, everybody ready? So yes. we have we we will have uh, we're starting the quiz down now. So I, editing time. Um, we will have <laughs> two categories of five questions each, and then we will have a sort of name that tune where I will give you a, a category, and you will have to say you will have to wager against each other as to who can name the most people in that category. Um, the category the, the questions on the first two rounds range from one to three points based on difficulty. And I have hints, but a hint takes a point away. So, um, and I will, I will of course keep score here in writing somehow. All right, are you guys ready? Yes, I'm right, ready. First, Let's go. The first one is easy. Um, it is worth one point. This, uh, oh, by the way, category is Packers as enemies. These are 
players who played for the Packers and then also played for another team in the playoffs against the Packers. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Probably. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, 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 the time frame for this is all, um, I think, Rogers era. So anyway, no. Okay. That's, I was that's, like, so this. That's a lie. That's a lie. It's not super ageist, but that is a lie because the first <laughs> one is older than that. But you'll get it because it's easy. Damn. All right. Here we go. This former Packer training camp invitee played a pivotal role in handing Aaron Rodgers his first playoff loss as a starter. Come on. Hitting the damn button. It I mean, hit also button. hitting the button and nothing is happening. Nothing's happening. I don't happening. think this is working. All right. We'll just say buzz. That's annoying. Kurt Warner. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, that's that works for me. If he just announces it, he can get the point. That's fine. All right. I will just make... I'll, I'll just have to be a judge. That's that's unfortunate, but whatever. All right. Matt <laughs> with one point. Good job, Good job Matt. Matt. Yes. Proud of you. Yay. All right. So... Are you just going to scream out answers or are you going to say buzz first? I'll yep. say buzz. Yeah, uh, let's scream out the answers. It's better radio. <laughs> it's better radio. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. I'm resizing my screen. All right. Question two. And remember, these are all people who played for the Packers and a different team. Um, this one is a three-pointer. No, this, I'm sorry. This is a one-pointer as well. Also easy. In the tw- 2010 NFC Championship game, this future Packer was held largely in check, recording only two tackles and a roughing the passer penalty. Julius Peppers. That is correct, <laughs> JR, with the points. All right, now they get harder. Now they get harder. Uh, question three. This one is worth three points, but there are hints if you don't get them. In the Super Bowl, the Packers faced off against one of their former players who managed to get the best of Tremont Williams on three occasions. Hmm. I'm not going to get this. All right. Hint number one. This player attended Penn State and was signed as an undrafted free agent by the Jets in 2007. You'll you'll get it with the second hint, I think. Man. Go right to the second second hint. He, He joined the Packers in 2008 replacing incumbent Derek Frost. Jeremy Kapanos? It is Jeremy Kapanos. JR with the point. <laughs> the punter. Punters, baby! Punters! Yes. <laughs> got the best of Tremont. Okay, I get it. I was thinking Tremont was corner. Tremont, yeah, you corner. were thinking of a receiver. Like Tremont was. Williams yeah. was the returner. He actually committed a... Uh, a, a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on one of his punt returns and fumbled on the other. So um, had a bad punt returning day. All right. Question four, also worth three points, but with hints. Uh, the Packers were beaten soundly by the Giants in the 2011 divisional round, and this old friend, a defensive back, would chip in with a tackle. He barely missed out on getting a ring in t- 2010 with the Packers, but he did get one with the Giants. All right. Hint number Nothing. one. <laughs> while a Packer, he recorded three punt return touchdowns while also becoming one of the only players in NFL history to return a punt and a fumble for a touchdown in the same game. Is that Will Blackman? It is Will Blackman for two. Nice job, JR. JR is going to destroy me. All I right. think I was at one of the games he returned it for a punt touchdown, so that might that's unfair advantage. I believe this is the hardest one. So, um, Question five. Uh, last question of the round. In the Ooh. famous Joe Webb playoff game against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, this, Joe Webb. This big man out of Florida State recorded four solo tackles and surprisingly... Latroy Guyon. Matt! Wow, what? I couldn't even do anything about it. Matt with three. Holy cow. <laughs> How did you know Latroy Guyon off of that? Because Florida, you said big man from Florida State. Uh, all right. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> all right. So 
There is Respect. a there is a bonus question at the end of this round. It has no hints. It is worth one point. This reporting as eligible favorite also appeared in the Joe Webb game. Unsurprisingly, catching Devin Aromashadu. <laughs> it is it is Devin Aromashadu caught zero of three targets from Joe Webb, as was his ilk. All right. Was Cat- that his fault or was that Joe Webb's it's fault? It's definitely well, it's a little bit of a, but it's Joe Webb's fault mostly. Other people caught passes in that game. All right. Category. So anyway, the, the only reason I remember Latroy Guy on that well is because he got arrested in Florida with all of his weed and, and money and guns. I don't even remember that at all about Latroy Guy on. He, he, got, he got pulled over in Florida. He had a pound of weed, a handgun, and $250,000 in cash. That is not how you want to get pulled over. <laughs> all right. Second category. Aaron's interceptions. Um, oh, boy. Aaron Rodgers barely ever gets picked in the regular season, having just 93 interceptions, but he has a whole bunch in the playoffs. Uh, he has uh, 13 in his 20 games as a starter. Um, so these are about people who have intercepted Aaron Rodgers. So, um, Question one. In the 2010 NFC Championship game, Aaron threw two interceptions, neither of which was to a defensive back. The one everyone remembers was picked off by Brian Urlacher. Who got the other one? Hmm. Uh that's a really Briggs. good question. It is Lance Briggs. Nice. Well done. Yes. Well done, Matub. Good job, Matt. Man. So the only reason I remember that is because of Team America. <laughs> Team America my, my, World Police? Yes. Okay. So what? Hans Hans Briggs is is in Hans Team Blix. Blix, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> Hans Blix. And so every time the Packers would would play the Bears, my Inevitably. sister would my sister would walk into the room and go, ha, Rance Briggs. Wow. Okay. <laughs> now I have to decide whether to edit that out or not. Um, Matt currently leads six to four. Um, oh, no. A bit of an upset in the making, honestly. It's true. All right. I'm going full slumdog here. I've got a story for every answer. <laughs> All right. Question two. <laughs> the worst Packer game of our lifetime was an, oh, God. In- was an interception fest with Russell Wilson throwing four picks. Two to Ha Clinton Dix, one to Sam Shields, and a late nearly game ceiling in, in interception to Morgan Burnett. But Aaron wasn't immune against the Legion of Boom. The Packers' very first drive would end on a Richard Sherman interception in Seattle territory, and in the middle of the second quarter, after he allowed a 23-yard completion to Jordy Nelson to put Green Bay into Seattle territory, this cornerback would immediately get his revenge. Looking Browner. It is not Browner. Jerry. No, it's up. Uh... It's Byron Maxwell. It is Byron Maxwell. Oh, JR, I hate that game. JR right back in it. <laughs> I hate that game so much. <laughs> and today's the anniversary, and it's all over my goddamn timeline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, question three. The Packers made the NFC Championship game in Matt LaFleur's first season, facing off against the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. And in what was one of the Shanahaniest games ever, Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> completed just six of eight passes for 77 yards, while Raheem Mostert went cuckoo bananas for 220 yards, with Debo <clears throat> chipping in 43. Aaron didn't help the cause, as Richard Sherman got him once again, sealing the game with a pick just after the two-minute warning, but earlier in the game, when a comeback was still possible, and the Packers were running their two-minute offense, this cornerback, who is still on the 49ers and will be starting this week, and just returned from injury... Picked off a pass intended for Geronimo Allison. It took Raheem Mostert three more carries to score a touchdown and basically put the game away. What was the name of that cornerback? Still on the team. Is it Mosley? It is Emmanuel Mosley. <laughs> oh. Damn it. 
Dude, that's a full-on guess. I have no idea. I just nice know he's job. still there. Yeah, I just know he's still there. That's all I got. He is their so. best current cornerback, by the way. I, I don't remember. I don't remember that at all. Uh, I love how Paul is going full Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's like all Mac over here. <laughs> I'm uh, Jared does this professionally, so I'm uh, I'm not quite as good, but that's fine. Uh, all right, number four. No one remembers anymore, but Aaron's first ever playoff pass in the 51-45 loss to Arizona was intercepted by this cornerback, a first-round pick of the Cardinals in 2008, and cousin to another famous defensive back. I keep trying to picture uh, Arizona defensive backs, and all I can think of is Buda Baker. The the cousin cousin clue is a big clue. Is it Pat P? It is not. Damn it. He was he's too late. Okay. Mm. I have only one hint to give you for this one. Uh there are a lot of cornerbacks with this last name. Oh, um uh, the, the, uh, Barber? No, it's Williams? Um, no, Smith? it's the, it's the one with all the kids. Oh, Cromarty? <laughs> yeah. Which Cromarty? Which Cromarty? Uh, uh, Anton- I was going to say Antonio. No. I don't know. It, okay, no one's getting. It's got to be Antonio. It is Dominique Rogers Cromartie. Dominique oh. Rogers. Oh, picked off Ooh. Aaron Rodgers' first ever playoff pass. Yeah, all right. DRC. All right, yeah. number five, last in the category, uh, the Jared Cook play saved the day against the Cowboys in 2017. But it may not have been necessary if Aaron had settled for a check down in third and eight at the Dallas 38 instead of trying to hit Devonte Adams deep. This Cowboy safety picked off the pass, returning at 27 yards and setting up a short field for Dallas. This is the hardest one. Nobody's ever heard of this guy. Oh, well, how are we going to have heard of this guy? <laughs> All right. First, there's one hint. His last name is a candy bar. Hershey. Heath. Jeff Heath. It is Jeff Damn it. Heath. Yes. Incredible. I would have never gotten it without the candy bar, but I love me some Heath. <laughs> JR now leading nine to six as Matub has stalled Heath, out a little bit. Heath is the only candy bar that is better as a crumble than an actual candy bar. Uh, is that? It, it is certainly Heath, one of them. Heath bits. Heath bits on. Heath bits are great. Better. Coffee bits are good. Yes. Heath is just chocolate coated coffee. Yeah. All right. So All now right. we. What do we got? Now we get to the name that tune portion. So. Um, Matt is behind, so he will get to make the first wager. So um, I, I will I will read you this question as an example, and then explain how it works. Um, there are um, <clears throat> there are six players to have a 100 yard rushing performance against Green Bay in the playoffs since Aaron Rodgers became the starter of the team in 2008. Um, how many do you think you can name? Um, uh, Hold on, these, these are Packers running backs or opponents? Opponent, I'm, I'm opposing running backs, oh, actually opposing rushers, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there are six of them. Matt, you get to go first. How many do you think I, you can name? I can guarantee two. Two. JR, can you go three? I mean, if he's guaranteeing two, then I have to come up with three. So I'm going to try. Okay, JR, can do three. Matt, can you do four? Uh, no, I can't do four. Three, <laughs> three would be my limit. Okay, JR. Give me three 100-yard rushing performances against the Packers since 2008. Okay, well, Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert is correct. Um, jeez. You know what? I, I'm, I'm blank in here. I can't do it. I can't do more oh, than that. I'm... All right. So Matt's going to get Can... the point. Matt, do you want to give us 
What you got? Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick oh. is correct as well. <laughs> Horse. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Those are my two. My two. I'm trying to picture. I'm trying to picture other 49ers running backs or Cowboys running. Backs. I got nothing. Your I'm other just total. Your other options are Marshawn Lynch, uh, who did it, Ezekiel Lynch. Elliott, who did it, I believe, in the Cook game, Demarco Murray, and Frank Gore. Well, those are not uh, low level names. I w- I would have guessed Gore if like if I had to do gun to head for the third one, I would have said Gore. All right. So Matt gets the point there. Um, Jr. You get the first bit on this one. So the Packers. Okay have only uh, two 100-yard rushing performances in the playoffs in the Rodgers era. So we're going to back that up a little bit to a 65-yard rushing performance. So oh. th- there are five Packer running backs, or I guess you'd say rushers, um, who have had more than 65 yards rushing in a game in a playoff game in the Rodgers era. How many can you name of the five? Whew. Well, we'll start with... Uh, oh, you get to, uh, Don't say names. Bid how many you can do. Yeah. No, no. I'll, I'll, right. I'll start with... I'll start with 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 one. Let's just let's just keep it simple. <laughs> Matt, can you do two, three? Th- oh, goes to three. Jared, can you do four? Shoot, because I'm pretty sure I could do three, and I'm not sure I could do four. Uh, let me uh, let me let me take a shot at four. Four. Okay, Matt, can you do all I five? I can't do. All right, Jared, can't do five. Let's hear him. Um, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is correct. Uh, mm, Ty Montgomery, maybe. Ty Montgomery is not correct. Okay, can I can I do I still get another guess or have I blown it? You have blown it. Oh, okay, because I do have another name that I, I would have rolled out you can, that was a little oh, below the radar. Okay. I'll tell I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, I was gonna say Dewan Harris. No. Oh, okay. And then James Starks is an easy one, but I was saving him. Yes. I was I was gonna say uh I was gonna say Jones Starks, and then uh I was gonna take a guess on Brandon Jackson. No, no, nope. Um, so, so I, Eddie, Eddie Lacy is correct. Um, it's oh shoot! James Starks, Eddie Lacy, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and Aaron Rodgers are the answers to oh, this one. Aaron Rodgers had a sixty-five yards. yard game. He did. Is that against Atlanta? Um, I I don't know. I do not have that one in parents. Unfortunately, it might have been. Right. It might have been Atlanta. I'm not sure. All right. All right. So well, I'm doing extraordinarily poorly. Matt, Matt now just trails by one point. There are. Uh, we've we've got. Uh, I think three of these left. Three of these left. So, um, next one. Um, for the Packers in the Rodgers era in the playoffs, eight players have had a 100-yard performance at least once. Uh, how many of the eight players that have had 100-yard games for the Packers can you name? We're talking about receiving now, right? Receiving. Because we've already done rushing. Yes, receiving. So, okay. Matt, you go first on this one. Jr. went first last time. Three. Get three. Uh, I, I could do four for sure. All right, four from Jr. Can you do five, Matt? This is 100-yard receivers yep. in the Aaron Rodgers era. 100-yard pass the, catchers, in, let's say. But yes. 100-yard 100 100-yard pass catchers in the Aaron Rodgers era. In the Aaron Rodgers era. In, in, in the playoffs. In a single game. In the playoffs. And JR said four? Yep. Uh, I can't do five. Okay. Four to JR. Let's hear him. Oh, easy. Easy peasy. Nelson Jennings, Finley Cobb. Nelson Jennings, Finley Cobb. That is four, and that is all correct. Yeah, um, that, that was going to be my four. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even say Adams, who's the who's five for sure. A- Adams um, has the most in a playoff game in that time. Sure. Period. And then let me think if I can keep going here. Eh, driver, maybe. Nope, not driver. Okay. All right. Uh, your other options were Jeff Janis. Uh, oh, Janis. Um, Janis in the Arizona game. Marquez Valdez Gatling. And Jared yes, Cook. Really? Last year in San Francisco, he yep. had four catches for 115 yards. That's right. He did. Jesus. Nailed it. And Jared Cook as well. That's your other one. So. I was going to guess Cook. That would, yep. that would be. 
All right, so JR. That, that Cowboys game, right? The the cook catch game he had yep, over 100. Cook catch game he had over 100. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so Jared gets to bid first on this one. Matt did in that one. Um, p- this is Packers with multiple sacks in one playoff game. There are five of them to choose from. JR, you are the first bidder. I, I'm trying to think if the two I know are, are Aaron Rodgers' error or not. Uh, I can I can do two. Okay. Two from JR. Matt, can you do three? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Jared, can you do four? I am not going to do four. Okay. I'm going to let Matt do three. Give me three. Okay. Uh, Clay Matthews. That is correct. He did it twice. Um, Julius Peppers. That is not correct. He did Damn not it. do it. So that's a point for JR. So here's a couple names I would have thrown out there. I don't know if they're correct. I would have said uh, Nick Perry. That is correct. And Mike Neal. That is also correct. Yeah, so I would have been able. So you would have got it anyway. So you know, anyway. I don't know if I would have said peppers or. Uh, wait, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd have said that. Yep. Your your other uh, other options were Zadarius Smith and Morgan Burnett. Oh, geez, Morgan Burnett. Hello. Yeah. So, um, all right. So this is the the last category. I do I do have a tiebreaker if there's a tie, but there's not going to be a tie. Um, yeah, I was like, I'm behind by like four, right? You are. Yeah, no, you're man. behind by you're behind by three. So. Okay. Um, it was it was close, but Jared's pulled away. But we'll we'll, we'll do it. So, uh, last real question: uh, Packers with at least one interception in a playoff game. There are eleven uh, players. Oh God, Matt, you can go first. One. All right. I can do three. Okay. Four. Jared, can mm. do five. I can try to do five. Yes. Okay. Matt, six. I can't can't All do right. six. Jared, let's hear five. Uh, okay, well, Jair Alexander. Yes. Tremont Williams. Yes. Haha Clinton Dix. Yes. Adrian Amos. Yes. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I've got so many names. Uh, Morgan Burnett. Yes, that is correct. That I've is done it. it. You've done it. You get the point. Well done. Micah Hyde's got to have one too, right? Somewhere in there? Or is he too far back? Micah Hyde also Charles. Charles Goddamn Woodson. Charles Goddamn Woodson. Uh, Charles Woodson does not actually. Oh! Had no, he had no interceptions in the, the playoffs. playoffs. Nope. Um, That's ridiculous. <laughs> so your other options were Sam Shields, who has a bunch of, of a bunch of them that are super important, um, crucial ones. Uh, do we? Did you say Morgan Burnett as one? I did. I did. He yes. Did, okay. did no Moss. No Moss. Uh, Jared Bush, of course, in the Super Bowl had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Collins has a at least in one the Super Bowl in, Super in the Bowl. Super Bowl. Uh, BJ, how did R- I not say him first? BJ Raji, of course, has a very famous and, playoff yeah. interception, and Demarius Randall has a playoff interception. I never would have guessed Demarius Randall. Yep. Shout out to Demarius Randall. So, how did I not say Collins and Raji? Two of the I most know, here's, here's the thing. Lives. I also forgot them. I. <laughs> The, if we were just bullshitting, I could name all of those people. <laughs> not in, not in a quiz format. I mean, your brain shuts off. Yep. I, no, I feel so tense now. All right, uh, but I won, so, so not that tense. Jer has officially won. He went eleven to seven, but a good good contest there. Um, do you guys want to do the tiebreaker question, or do you, should we just go? Sure, let's just, I mean, we might as well. All right, all right. All right. Uh, the for fun question. Uh, this this one is of course harder, and I was going to. Uh, there was a tiebreaker, but we'll just do it. Make it the same thing. Make it worth. Make it worth uh, five points. No, we're not doing that. That's ridiculous. Make- <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll give you a separate. This will be like the Champions League trophy if you get this right. It'll be a separate thing. All right. 
There are 10 receivers to gain at least 100 yards against the Packers in a single playoff game. Um, it was going to be the receiver with the most yards win, but we'll just see how many you can do. Same format as before. How many can you do? This um, is just the Aaron Rodgers era, right? Yes, it is. That's right. Okay, Matt, you okay, can go okay. first. Two. Damn, dude. I don't know. I I don't know if I could do two. I, I mean, I, I could do two. I don't know if I could do three. So I'm going to let Matub do two. All right, Matt, we'll, 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 we'll give you a point for two. And then <laughs> we'll give you another point for anyone over two that you get right. Nice. I like okay, it. Okay, so this is people who have 100 yards receiving against the Packers. That is correct. In the, in the Aaron Rodgers era. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald Ugh. is correct. <laughs> can, can I say Larry Fitzgerald twice? You, you cannot. <laughs> um, Pain. Golden Tate. Golden Tate is not correct. Damn it! Oh, <laughs> that's right. hurt. That's hurtful. Heartbreak. So the uh, the player with the most is Julio Jones, who had 180 against Ladarius Gunter's coverage um, in <laughs> in that game. Larry Fitzgerald the second with 176. That uh, is then Hakeem Nix with 165. Tyler Lockett with 136. Des Bryant Lockett. with 132. The su- surprising Steve Breston with 125. I think in the Cuckoo Bananas game. Um, Michael Crabtree with 125, Jordan Reed with 120, Chris Godwin last year with 110, and Doug Baldwin with 106. So, okay, so there were three Seattle receivers I could have chosen. I chose the wrong one. (laughs) Yep. All right. I was like, I was like, someone on Seattle. I don't. That's all right. So we did okay. Yep, we did okay. I think you answered actually more than I thought you guys would. You only missed one, which is kind of incredible. (laughs) Some of those are hard. Yeah, man. Well, especially like Matub said, when your brain is shutting off because you've got like a dead, you know, you, you're feeling a buzzer. Yeah. That uh, yeah. May, maybe isn't even there. But <sighs> all right. Now, I guess we go to questions, right? Questions. Mark Pod Scarby. Mark Pod Scarby. Yes. Now, I unfortunately have to reload the questions because everyone I- talks about how <laughs> most of our good players have already tested positive for COVID. But one guy we haven't discussed is head coach. If Matt LaFleur had to miss a playoff game, who takes over head coaching duties and how big of a loss would that be? I think it's a good question. I don't know the answer. It to is that. It'd probably hack uh, it, right? Well, it would, yeah, it would be hack it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think a big loss. Yeah. That My impression is that Matt LaFleur is very good in game at calling the offense and that um, there would be a, a significant downgrade, downgrade to hack it, I think. That, uh, well, okay. So the, the big question, though, is if we lost Matt, could Nathaniel hack it? No, I don't think uh, you could. <laughs> uh, so we have no way of come knowing. On. Yeah. Now, come on. It's good. Also, is there no communication between those who are not at the game and and Yeah. You you are cut off on the sideline. No outside okay. communication except for I mean, up to the booth. Let's be real that they could of course have someone on a cell Something. phone. There's no way to stop it from happening. And so they, there's so the the like the surfaces on the sideline are not connected to to any network. You can get in a lot of trouble for having a phone out. You just have the phones up to the booth. Um, I don't know how closely the booth guys are monitored. Uh, the booth is probably where you could get it done. I think so. Uh, I don't know, but it, it would I just it would be bad if that happened for sure. I guess I kind of understand. I don't know if I understand. You know, like it, this is such a, a unique situation, and, and I, I think coaches, in the instance that they are kept out because of an illness, should have the right to communicate with their with their people. I, 
you know, especially if they're asymptomatic and there's no reason to rest. Yeah. You know, it feels like it feels like you basically lost a lottery and therefore cannot cannot be part of part of the game. But whatever. Here, I, I'm sure it's a can of worms or something. Here's the thing. If the Packers make it to the Super Bowl and anyone tests positive for the Super Bowl, that test is getting lost. By the way, yeah, I know there have been no COVID list players during the playoffs thus far. It has not mm-hmm. happened. Zero people have tested positive. Zero test. Yes, during during the Omicron surge, that we have had zero people. Actually. But we could have seen this coming because the vast majority of NFL players have already tested positive. They are the population right, has run out. Right. There is that, but also it's. It's pretty. Yes. It's pretty I also pick up what you're saying. Yes. I'm picking up on what you're saying. That, uh, yeah, test. It's, uh, it's super sus. Super <laughs> sus. Super <laughs> sus. All right, Patrick Detmer asks, "What would you wait? What would you set? What would you say are the main differences in how these two teams match up between now and the 2019 NFC Championship game? Aside from the 49ers secondary, how is this team different from the iteration that went to the Super Bowl two years ago? And one of the differences you kind we kind of touched on is Devondre Campbell to have somebody who's capable of keeping that you know keeping that running game in check. That's something they did not have in 2019. Well, it's a big difference. Well, I think I think he's asking how are these Niners different? Well, yeah, there's two parts to this. Two parts. Yeah. And I, I think uh-huh. you can't really gloss over the secondary because that secondary was much better for the 49ers than this secondary is. And it does have some people in common, but a lot of those people are older. Like Josh Norman was a really good player two years ago, and not the team then, but um, you know uh, Richard Sherman is now very old and not on the team anymore. Um, and their backup, to, their backup cornerbacks aren't very good. So that, that's really the big thing. They still have a lot of the same upfront personnel, and they actually still have a, a pretty good pass rush. Like Nick Bosa is still really good, although uh, he, he's had a good year, but even he has declined a little bit post-injury. Um, but it's really the secondary. It, that is the main thing. The Packers also match up better for all the reasons JR said. They have a better defense with better personnel, too, um, uh, against this offense. But the, the 49ers... Um, just aren't uh, they're older they're more hurt and they're less talented in in the secondary than they were before that's that's a lot of it and Raheem Mostert uh, we say running backs don't matter but the the the, uh, the the exception that proves the rule is always the Packers in the playoffs and uh, Raheem Mostert is one of the best athletes ever to play running back and he's hurts and not coming back um, he ran for 220 yards a backup running back would not have been as good in that game as Raheem Mostert he is one of the fastest people even Debo Samuel is not the burner that Raheem Mostert is so what about uh Trey what's his face Trey Sermon actually is the burner but he's not a good running back he's a football stupid player which is sometimes hey, happens. you know what Jared McKinnon was really fast but football stupid he's now really fast and not football yeah, stupid anymore. Learn. you so, can learn people learn people yeah, change yeah. people grow you know the thing we haven't mentioned is Nick Bosa might not be available because he's in concussion protocol now. Yeah. You can think of concussion protocol the way you think of these not happening <laughs> look, Omicron tests. Look, Nick Bosa and his tapioca brain are going to be out there. It's probably, like, probably. It's, how, how? What about? I I don't know a lot about Werner. Their leading tackle. You heard his angle. This last game. <laughs> it's a, it's a low I know. Sprain. I know he's coming no back, problem. but like, what is he a difference maker? Or is he just a guy with a bunch of tackles? He, he actually he, it, he is. Yeah, he's, he's he's a difference maker. Uh, uh, Matt, you were going to say he's a difference maker too, right? Yeah, I was going to say that. That <laughs> um, so in Acme Packing Company, we have a film guy. And his name is Rich Madrid. Rich is actually a Niners fan, and so he's a film guy for the Niners first. Um, and he thought it was absolutely asinine that Fred Warner got zero All Pro votes. He claims that that he had a better year than um, uh, the guy for the Colts, Leonard. 
Uh, Darius, Darius Leonard. Leonard, yeah, and yeah, he claims that Fred Warner's better than Darius Leonard this year. If you look at the 49ers splits, you can see Fred Warner's impact on the game. Um, it is very, very much a Levante David kind of impact, where that middle of the field kind of yak um, just disappears against them. That's why you have to beat them outside, and that's why their secondary not being as good is such a huge deal because it opens up a vulnerability that wasn't there two years ago. Uh, but they do clean up messes in the middle, and if Fred Warner's out. It's a big deal because that gives the Packers another avenue to attack them. But I don't think he will be. I think he'll be uh, he'll be shot up and ready to go in yeah, cold weather. He's already said he's going to yeah. be good to go. So that's not a concern. I just didn't know how big of a deal. I mean, that's part of why Dallas was able to stick around in that game is that both Bosa and Werner were out yeah. for the latter stages of that game. So that does that does say something. <laughs> By All the right. way, I just looked it up. Do you know what game Aaron Rodgers ran for over 65? Oh, no, I want to know. What was it? Giants 2011. No oh, really? way. That game? Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Okay. That game was awful. What an awful game. <sighs> um, his next his next highest rushing in the playoffs is uh, for 46 against the Falcons in the NFC Championship. Yeah, all right. I, that's the game I thought it yeah. was, was the game where they were way behind. And then his next highest is 39 against the Bears in the NFC Championship. That one does not surprise me. He did a lot of scrambling in that game. 39 yards and one tackle uh better scenario for 2022 jd asks rogers stays but you can't afford Devonte and have to cut a lot of other talent due to the cap or you trade rogers get all that draft capital start love keep Devonte, and don't have to cut as much talent there's no real option to keep rogers and adams right to which i'd push back there is a scenario it's yeah. just you've pushed things down the road yeah. and the 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 payback is is greater in the next couple of years but yeah. they could do that. They could do it. Yep. First of all, everybody should follow uh, Ken Engels on Twitter, who just updates cap stuff like immediately. And you can keep both of them. It, it just has a significant cost to depth and other people on the team and the future <laughs> also, cap. You you don't keep one. Yeah, that. Yeah, Matt's, I don't. Matt's, see Matt's right about that other. too. I mean, taking your question at face value, you should keep Rogers if you can. If if even if it takes, if you know, if, if, in this scenario where Devontae's gone. You still want Rodgers because he still gives you your best chance. I don't think that the Love Adams connection works very well next year, personally. But if you keep Rodgers, you're keeping both. That's how this is going to work. You're going to sacrifice a lot of future, but uh, you're keeping both or none, and that's the real the real choice. But yeah, I, I would I would keep Rodgers because I don't think that their current backup quarterback is very good, personally. So that's what I would do. <laughs> All right, Darren Jones asks, among the Packers players that have recently returned from injury, who is likely to have the largest impact? Everybody's back. We we get asked this question we do. once a week. I know. I know, and then they don't actually end up playing, yeah. you know, or Bakhtiari's in there for, like, two series. Uh, we haven't seen Alexander on the field. We haven't seen, obviously, Zadarius. And now Whitley, Whitney Merciless. Whitney Merciless is out of nowhere. <laughs> we, we should just say Whitney Merciless because we're so stunned that he's actually kind actually of there. A secret big deal because he is a very good run-stopping player. Um, and if people start to lose gap contain uh, amongst the current edge rushers, he can come in <laughs> as that situational guy. Yeah. Gary. Gary, uh, yes. <laughs> So it's actually very useful to have Whitney Merciless, but if Jair Alexander's back, I still think the answer is him. Um, the 49ers can push your depth with their receiving options pretty well, and I think that the Packers having the, the Douglas-Stokes-Alexander combination just makes them a, a force that they weren't before. So I still go with that, but they're all they're all good to have back. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like, hey, man, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Exactly. Like, I just really like ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so tangential. Um, the mention of Rashawn Gary losing edge contain um, a bit of a point of contention among Twitter. Uh, I think it was like last week uh, I was complaining about name searchers 
I think name searching is a bad thing. Um, Rashawn Gary noted name searcher. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't go after people who tag him. He just finds people who talk about him and blocks them. Okay. Uh, I th- like I was told that oh it's self care and blah 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 and and I'm like no like he spent draft night searching for his name and blocking people that said bad things about him. That's not self care. That's narcissism. So it's something. You're not wrong. Yeah. But also, if you're going to put stuff out into a public sphere that's critical of a certain player, and that player's sure. name isn't John Smith, uh, and therefore <laughs> it's very difficult to search. Maybe he yeah. has a guy. Maybe he's he's got a guy who just said, take three hours and go on Twitter and find everybody. Man, he's, he is his own agent. You think he has someone running his social I media? I don't, no, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I, I hear what you're saying. I think it would certainly if I were a pro athlete and Lord knows I am nowhere in the same hemisphere as one, uh, it would it would be to my benefit, my mental health benefit to not be paying attention and not be seeking that stuff out. Because if you want to find crap about you, you can probably you're probably going to be able to find it. No questions asked. But uh, but yeah, I, it's their prerogative. If they want to do it, it wouldn't be my choice. Yeah. But uh, if they want to do it, that is absolutely their their call. All right, Jason Spitz, you're Kyle Shanahan. Lay out your recipe for beating the Packers Saturday night. This is my favorite type of question. Me Give me the scenario where uh, it let goes the wrong. Packers take, let the Packers take a small lead and start running too much. Uh, I, I no. If the Packers is, take a lead, they're going to win this game. Yeah, this is this is well, what the this is what the mini pod is. So the answer is do a lot of lateral running at Rashawn Gary's side. See if you can capitalize on him. It is. It's a weakness of his. So um, see if you can capitalize on that. Make Gary slow down his pass rush by making him stick in his spot, by making that happen. And just use Kittle in a lot of different ways. Uh, Get him matched up on uh, smaller players and throw him the ball and rely on him getting yak. Um, push down the middle if he gets if he happens to get a linebacker on him, which should not happen. But um, even if he gets Darnell Savage on him, I would uh, test Darnell Savage with Kittle deep anytime that matchup props up, and I think that that is a creatable matchup. Uh, and then I, other than that, I would just make Debo a, a safety valve throw basically every time. If I were the Packers, I would have Alexander shadowing Debo Samuel pretty much the whole game if he plays. Um, but uh, Kittle is your, I think, ticket to victory plus plus running, and uh, it's really simple as that. On defense, that's harder um, because they ha- they have a weakness in uh, defending the deep pass. I would probably try and um, dare Aaron Rodgers to complete as much underneath as possible and hope he gets impatient. Um, I guess I don't know. That that's tougher. Um, it's ho- kind of hoping the Packers are stupid, and I don't think they will be. But uh, they have they have a path through their offense for sure. Tim Braun asks, how did Sterling Sharp get a video game? It's gregarious personality. <laughs> because 90s. I mean, there's you a, had, I looked for receivers with a video game, and the only ones out there are Sterling Sharps, and Jerry Rice has one with his dog, and that's that's yeah. really it. Jerry Rice dog football for the Nintendo Wii. Yep. It's, <laughs> it's is, awful. That is a real game. Um <laughs> Uh, so he, I don't. I, I tried to research this. There's no writing or literature on Sterling Sharp end to end, and it is a it is a terrible football game. Uh, it does not have the NFL license, obviously. So it has it has 30 teams and two All Star teams with no player names. <laughs> it's um, it, it is it is uh, famous for having a very large playbook for the time, but it's a bad game. So I'm guessing somebody went to Sterling Sharp and said, "We'll pay you a, a million dollars to have your name on this game," and that's how that went. Simple as that. In that era, if you wanted a receiver, there weren't many choices. Like there just weren't many electric wide receivers. I'm surprised. 
Uh, it was sp- a Japanese developer that didn't know anything. It was. About it was. That Matt is also right about that. It was a Japanese developer. Um, it was an exclusively American release from a Japanese developed football game, which is never a good sign. Uh, I think like I'm surprised Michael Irvin doesn't have one. I could have seen that. Um, uh, but I, I don't like Andre Risen. Maybe could have had for a while um, before things went south on him. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Those are some personalities for sure. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking through the Super Famicom releases by by the the people who made Sterling Sharp end to end. Yeah. Um, what's the company? Made, uh, the Jalco, right? To- Tos- oh, it's Tose. Tose. Tose sucks. They're one of the worst developers of all time. Um, Tose is pretty good at making uh, fighting games. They made they made some pretty good Dragon Ball Z fighting games that we did not see in the U.S because Dragon Ball Z didn't pick up until later. Yep. Um, they also made the black box tennis game for the Super Nintendo. Um, that, that's actually a decent tennis game. The black box but, tennis game is pretty good. So they made Super Tennis. They also made Super Bases Loaded. Um, just, but they must, have, they, okay, made, they, must, they must do some Jalico stuff, because that's their game. For they sure. made a Super Play Action Football, which I believe is it's, what... Uh, so play, just really quick, Super Play Action Football is the the Super Nintendo conversion of the Nintendo's first four player game, and it is it is just terrible. It's awful. Uh, so yeah. Uh, also, I, I don't even think that the end to end football had like a season mode, right? Like it, it was did just not have a season mode. You can only play one game. Yeah, yeah. Awful. So what the hell? Bad game. There you go. I, I actually I have a copy of it arriving shortly because you can get it for like two bucks. So. <laughs> We will do a let's play. I have a, I have multiple Brett Favre quarterback clubs for the N64. Very nice. So. All right. We've spent far too much time on Stilling Sharp end to end. Let's move on. <laughs> I will say, as if we as, spent more time than you would playing it. <laughs> <laughs> as listeners know, I, I don't do video games. I'm just, I just, it's just not for me. And, uh, I, I will say, if I had a video game question, I would absolutely come to you two guys. I feel like you know Jared, as much like, as the game anybody. Came out like, the game came out like 1994. Like it was during, it was during the heyday of when you were probably wearing flannel and like really angsty about things. Yeah, I wasn't ever angsty or way, wearing flannel. Also, I just listened to grunge. Yeah. There's also an only Japanese uh, video game based on Major League, the movie um, that was never released in America. So I also that I've, sounds amazing. I've tried to buy it. It. it uh, I tried to buy it during the first part of the pandemic, and they couldn't ship it over from Japan. So I'm I'm gonna try again soon. Oh, um, I can help you with that. Well, offline. now stuff's making it. Now it's fine. I'll I want a cart. I'll get a cart. It's fine. Uh, from video games to questionable humor, yep. so we're staying in the Matub vein here. Fairly Joel Osment <laughs> asks, "What's the defensive game plan look like for containing Debo? Also, is a Chandon-sized hole the greatest title for a Packers-themed erotic novel, or can Matub do better?" <laughs> uh, that's a good question probably good but not off the top not of on, my head <laughs> well, you think about it and um debo is really just about discipline um he is a, a a mostly a lateral threat he's good in space and he's good going side to side and then turning up field and powering through smaller guys um so it's just really about staying in your gap keeping your gap integrity and tackling him well he's a yak machine debo usually will not beat you over the top every once in a while he will get loose deep but usually he's catching the ball in front of you so it's just a matter of um staying in your lane and being a sure tackler on him and not taking any stupid chances they were very good at this in the first game they did a very nice job containing debo samuel uh he had two runs for zero yards which he usually is he averages like 10 yards a carry um so they can they can do it 
It is just a matter of um, not getting overly excited and not doing anything stupid. Then you you can keep Devo in check. PJ Vessels asks over under six and a half points for the Packers in the first quarter is starting fast important for this team. Thirteen and four would say no, but this is the playoffs. It's important important against against the 49ers. Um, You want to be ahead of this team because uh, they get weaker as they get farther behind. The more Garoppolo has to throw it on field, the worse they are. And the more they can run the ball and do their their slower offense, the better they are. So um, you don't want to be playing catch-up against them. They have good pass rushers. They have Nick Bosa. Um, You want to ideally be in charge of the game. So it, it is important. You don't want to fall behind here. Now, that said, Kyle Shanahan sucks at keeping leads. So if you fall behind, it's not like you should turn off the TV. You, they can come back. But uh, it's easier to beat the 49ers and less stressful if you just get a lead on them. They kind of wilt. On the topic of Nick Bosa, have you guys heard of the Tone Setters? No. Is that tone an a cappella group? The Tone Setters is a uh, uh, Twitter page that is comedy, but people don't know that. <laughs> and so they, they would post a picture of Nick Bosa with, uh, like a quote air quotes quote that sounded very bad and a lot of blue checks thought it was a legit oh, quote. No. oh no mm. that that yeah. can sometimes be called libel it's parody sometimes it was but... so it like it says in their header <laughs> that it's parody okay fine um like this is a parody account not to be taken seriously blah blah, blah. but yeah they were like you know nick bosa said when you're playing a quarterback like dak it makes you bring the pain or something yeah. like that. by the way <laughs> were like jesus I will take the over on 6.5 points. I think that um, one of Aaron's faults in the first quarter is often taking deep shots when he shouldn't, but that works against the 49ers. So I will bet that they hit a deep shot in the first quarter and score seven. Um, So, yeah, over. I'm going to take the under. All right. I'm taking the over. All right, Danny Noonan, one of our favorites. If a team were to wear Moon Knight-themed alternate uniforms the way the Packers sometimes wear Dr. Fate-themed alternates, which team would it, would it be? Maybe Raiders, based on color scheme and multiple personality disorder. Uh, this is a reference to the Moon Knight trailer, the new Marvel movie, Mar- Marvel series, I should say, that dropped uh, during the Monday night playoff game between the Cardinals and Rams. All right. I think, I think Cowboys is where I'd go there. They sort of have that that faded moonlight look a little bit more than the Raiders yeah. do, in my opinion. So I'm going Colts. That's or... a good call. I like the Colts. Yeah, Colts. Yeah. Because that like slate gray thing. Or the Lions. I think the Lions already have a, a color rush that sort of looks like that. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that, too. So All right. There you go. Cover the gamut. Here you go, Danny. <laughs> On to Twitter questions. Jonathan Deal asks, is Jimmy being injured actually bad for the Packers because it incentivizes the Niners to take the ball out of his hands more? So I, I, I like your question. And I like the thought process behind it. And normally, in this kind of scenario, I would say maybe yes. But the 49ers, I think, are very aware of their quarterback limitations and are perfectly willing to take the ball out of his hands when it suits them. I mean, like we were just talking about, we lost a game to this team where Jimmy Gar- a perfectly healthy Jimmy Garoppolo completed six passes, and they ran for 200 yards. If they're running for 10 yards a clip, they're not going to have Jimmy throw healthy or not healthy so um i I don't really think it does they're kyle smart enough to just exploit weakness but uh, i I still like it in a dumb in dumber hands it would actually matter but that's not the case here ryan ziegler says it's the week of the bills packers super bowl rogers broke his hip uh sunning his derriere and the nfl will allow him to be replaced by another quarterback from any team in the league who do you pick and why (laughs) joe burrow why joe burrow Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Patrick Mahomes. I choose, I choose Josh Allen. 
I would too. Fine. I would choose Josh <laughs> Allen because then he's off the bills. Because then he's off the, the bills. bills. Josh Allen. Yeah. <laughs> I still take Mahomes, but for the same reason, Josh Allen is also a correct answer. That's fine. Uh, yeah, one of those two. Uh, yeah, I also would take Mahomes. I just, uh, I, I really like Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Rob asks, who will be the one player that we are excited to see return that will not play this, that will not play this weekend? So who's gonna, who's gonna be the tease? Zedarius, I think. Uh, Whitney Merciless, maybe too, but I think Zedarius. He's been a tease all season, so I won't believe it till I see it. Look, yeah. if Cam Akers can come back in the same season from an Achilles tear and then tear it up again. That was insane. So many drugs. <laughs> well, just one. Okay. one. One drug. Lots of one drug. <laughs> um, then Merciless can come back from a partial bicep tear. Yeah. So there's actually um, there's a guy who quit his job to become a TikTok influencer, which is a sentence that's real in 2022. Yeah. Um, had a double bicep tear doing an ego lift in his garage. He was attempting to do a strict straight bar preacher curl, which is the single worst thing you can do for your bicep tendon tore both biceps. Um, he had these like bionic arm things that, so he could like, he could use his arm and he had like this brace that had like springs in it and stuff. It was really neat. That's I cool. wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that with Merciless so he could use his arm better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have nothing. Science. To... Science. <laughs> yes, science. All right. P- PJ's Equinemius St. Brown Stan account. This game would seem ideal for Heflin, our favorite trash can full of dirt. We have not heard from Jack Heflin much this year. Yeah. What are the chances that he plays? Activating him to solidify the line versus the run in the cold weather would be a good plan, in my opinion. They're low. I think... Uh... The higher chance that we have getting Kiki back, yeah, uh, the less chance you have of seeing half. I think that. I also think that the the sort of up the middle um, is not the place where you want to concentrate your run stopping in this game. And uh, I think Kenny's probably sufficient, but um, uh, so uh, some extra heft is probably warranted. Yes, you, you don't want to get beaten north south, and the 49ers can do that as well. So uh, again, like the thought process, but I think also. Um, Kingsley Kiki is more likely to see the field. Did you guys see the the traditional four three front that the Packers put up against the Lions? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, mostly because do you it was think n- that that was? Well, do you think it was a test? I think everything's a test when you are playing a practice game against the Lions, and it worked pretty well. Right. So yeah, yeah. If, if I won't be surprised if it shows up for sure. Yeah. All right. PJ, PJ also asks, and then with Cobb being back, deactivating Amari, and having Jamon. Or David Moore return kicks would be solid in my mind. If if they yes. don't if they don't have Jay David Mom. Moore returning kicks, then then they deserve to get just torn up. Um, uh, they they protected David Moore this week. They did. Practice they did. Squad, so. Yes, they're smart. Expect, They'll do it. Expect David Moore. Yeah. Uh, Brett Smith, just wondering if you guys got to the bottom of whether or not cover <laughs> six exists. Uh, Matt, do you want to explain this one really <laughs> really quick? Because I have okay, so I already talked about Rich earlier in the in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Rich was arguing with a 49ers fan he who was. was like super pro Jimmy. Rich hates Jimmy. He thinks that Trey is the future, but Shanahan doesn't want to start him because he's super inexperienced. He's very bad, anyway, by the, the way. But this guy continue. straight up said cover six does not exist because it would be six DBs dropping back and each playing a sixth of the field. He was immediately told, like, no, cover six is quarter, quarter, half because it's cover two plus cover four. Yeah i.e. cover six and then this guy's like no nah, that's just a variation on cover three and we're like no nah, man like look it exists it's in playbooks like people call it rich madrid it's, it's called 
It's called cover six. Rich, to his credit, went and found like a an actual piece of paper from an actual playbook from an actual football team <laughs> that had the, the label of cover six on it. Oh, it was it was a Nick Saban playbook. It was a Nick Saban playbook, and, and he had like the actual physical copy of it and took a picture of it and put it on there. So um, as good of evidence as you could possibly have, which is incredible great. stuff. So, yes. um, Josh from <laughs> oh God, why am I blanking on Josh's last name right now? I have no um, idea. Norman, uh, Josh Cohen. Uh, oh Josh yeah, Cohen, yeah, Josh Cohen. <laughs> that was that yeah, was hilarious. Josh Cohen is a producer <laughs> over at NFL CBS. Yes. Uh, and, oh, Josh Cohen. Shout outs to Josh. He's the reason that Tony Romo stopped saying Jar Alexander or Jar Alexander. Yeah. But anyway, this guy who was getting in this fight with Rich said that he would give somebody ten thousand dollars if they could find a hundred examples of Cover Six being played in the league. And he found a hundred examples in two weeks. He did, like, like in the last two weeks. In the last two weeks of football, he found hundred examples. Josh Cohen <laughs> found hundred, and he put him up there. So, um, awesome. That was, that was fun too. Still hasn't been paid his ten thousand oh, dollars. Yes, he's not going. Damn to. shame. Yep. Damn shame. All right. The so. way Paul pronounces Jair's name always, I always feel like he's addressing me. J- Jair, it's very close to Jr. 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 Yeah, okay. I got to work on that because you're right about that. I just said it. To I mean, myself. I don't mind. I would love to be Jair Alexander. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's see. I love both handles here. It's old man on a bike in Sherlington <laughs> at real Betty the pug. <laughs> Some stories there, I have to think. So uh-huh. does Z, his question, does Z re-injure his ego and sit out the game if he is not in the starting lineup? It's a good question because he doesn't deserve to be in the starting lineup and won't be in the starting lineup and he will be a backup. And uh, I don't think Zedarius likes things like that. But, yeah, I think he's going to be on a pitch count. But he's had a lot. To, yeah, I mean, he, he's coming back new, and he's had time to think about this. So they can also be plausibly. There's some deniability here. They can all be like, Sidarius, we'd love to start you, but we got to get you back into football shape. So yeah, you're gonna get, just do play. So uh, I think he plays if he can go. But he's a weirdo who's been out all year. So who knows? Yeah, I think I saw 25 snaps would be kind of the very, very top top end of what you could expect from him is sort of what the what the backups are soaking up yep. without uh, you know when they're not out there all right couple imagine Discord having questions. an all pro pass rusher as your backup <laughs> yeah nice. on a on a 25 yeah and and not only that but he's like one of four all pros that are coming back for your for your playoff yeah. run it's wild not all pros but uh, still pro bowl caliber caliber players discord mcschlubbin is Darius Smith any better at container setting the edge than Rashawn Gary, or is his return bigger deal mostly for depth? So he is better at setting the edge than Rashawn Gary, and and he is also a bigger deal mostly for depth. Um, but Zedarius um, is actually when he is when he's right and playing well, he is a great all around player. He's a good pass rusher. He's a good run defender, and he's good at setting the edge. Uh, he is better. Rashawn Gary is great at getting upfield, but he does lose that contain. Zedarius is better at it, uh, but he's not going to play that much and. That is a role that might pop up in this game because that's an important part of this game. Um, but he is there for depth. He's going to be a backup, and uh, we'll see if his role pops up. Matt is laughing for some reason that I don't understand. I just saw the next question. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't. Were we talking about Bush albums at some point? <laughs> yes, sure, yes, we were. I said Bush sucks wholesale, and then you got real mad. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's a terrible thing. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Aldred. 
First of all, Bush's first four albums hold up and Razorblade Suitcase is a masterpiece. As for my actual question, <laughs> is Nathaniel Hackett actually had coach material? He just seems like a guy to me, so I find all these interviews strange. First of all, Razorblade Suitcase was my doorway into Bush. I listened to that album before <laughs> 16 Stone. I, I love that album. It's not a masterpiece. It is extraordinarily top heavy. It is six songs and then it is a bunch of other songs. The first three songs... <laughs> <laughs> that first is song, an album. described every album ever. <laughs> yeah, it, it is not. That is not a masterpiece. That is just an album that has six good songs and then a bunch of other songs. However, the top three, Personal Holloway, Greedy Fly, and Swallowed, are as good as any stretch of three songs on any album in the quote unquote grunge era. And I absolutely will go to bat for that. I do love. I do love Razorblade Suitcase. It's just that I only love half of it. Uh, is Nathaniel Hackett actually head coach material? He just seems like a guy to me, so I find all these interviews strange. So the answer is no, no one knows, really. Um, yeah. you, you never know. When you have an offensive play caller as your head coach, you never know what the other guy is actually responsible for, how good they might be. It's very hard to tell. Um, sometimes it works out really well, like with Doug Peterson. Not Doug Peterson. With, with Frank Reich um, from the Eagles. Sometimes it, it doesn't. So... Um, we don't know what Nathaniel Hackett is actually responsible for. He has a good reputation, um, but no idea. Could could go anyway. Well, that's like, okay, so some of the names that you're hearing coming up this cycle, um, like Jared Mayo, like the Patriots linebacker coach, mm-hmm. is getting a lot of interviews, and a lot of people are like, that's a really good interview. And over here, like, he coaches linebackers for the Patriots. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's just we don't know we don't know how it works around the league we hated the joe berry fire yep all true uh i do need to point out that the seventh song on razorblade suitcase is also is mouth that's good but the deconstructed version oh, is better yeah that's better so like they released a better version of that song later no. but still still I'm it's, just, a, it's a good album. It's just not a masterpiece. I'm just sad I can't use my gateway into Bush as the episode title. I don't think <laughs> I don't think APC would let me do it. I didn't mean for it to be quite the double entendre it turned out to be, but it's <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, you you could put it in the deck. <laughs> uh, might, it, it might be in the deck. We'll see. We'll see what I can sneak in. Uh, um, God, those top three songs like they they are electric in my mind. Um, I think I think we're done. That's all the we're questions done. we have. We're done. Yep. We could we could definitely talk more about Sterling Sharp video games though and late '90s rock albums. We could definitely do a lot more of that. Totally, but we're not going to. So is Razor we... Blade Suitcase late '90s? '96, yeah, '97. It's that's fine. late '90s. I literally I only know them for Glycerine and Machine Head. Yes, those are both on 16 Stone, which is which is a borderline masterpiece. I would I would almost say that that is a masterpiece. And there I like Golden State too. Jerry, I love I love Bush's first four albums. They're good you, albums. You They're celebrate good. the whole catalog. I celebrate <laughs> the entire Bush catalog. Now we're just making too many 90s references. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Really, yep. Before we go and get on a t- tangent about 90s Rockmore. JR, do you have anything to plug at the JR? Um uh, well, it is the Packers have a playoff game this week. As, as you may have heard. And uh, we got lots of lots and lots of content at jsonline.com. You know, pretty much everything Tom Silverstein writes is interesting. I love it. It's always an, a unique angle that I hadn't thought of. So uh, hit him, Ryan Wood, Cassidy Hill, Pete Doherty, obviously. They, they've got tons of great stuff. But I, I'm busy, too. I've got a big rundown of the coldest games in Lambeau Field history. Yeah. That 
outside chance we get into that that level of cold on Saturday, but I don't think it's going to quite hit that hit that depth. Um, also, uh, a rundown of all the playoff games in Aaron Rodgers' career, uh, which which we just did a quiz about, which is maybe part of, partly why I was equipped to to do okay on that. Um, I'm thinking uh, we're going to put together a list of the of the 25 best plays, playoff plays in Packers history, not just Aaron Rodgers' era, but uh, but overall. I did something similar last year with the 30 greatest single game performances in Packers playoff history. So just having some fun with it, just doing you know doing all. There's just so much stuff to write about and talk about and think about and. You know, all Rogers connections to San Francisco, obviously, uh, kind of summarizing that stuff. And yeah. it's uh, it's a fun time for me. I get to do a lot of cool stuff like this. So it's it's all Packers all the time at this point. Very but nice. Are you trending? <laughs> Am I trending? Jared is uh, always trending, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe after some of my my comments about grunge, we'll see what happens. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to guess not. I'm going to guess my dig into the past doesn't doesn't quite move the needle across the board. Yep. So, Mads, I know you're going to the game because I'm also yeah, going to the so, game. Yeah, so um, I fly into Milwaukee at 11.40 on Saturday. Um, so I'm going straight from there to Lambeau. Oh, are we? I, I thought we were going to hang out, Matub. I, I thought so, too. But <laughs> So actually, I had to change my flight. I was going to fly into Appleton Saturday afternoon. Um, but once it was announced it was a Saturday game, I had to change airports. Yep. Um, so I'm flying into Milwaukee. I'm getting picked up in Milwaukee. Steve at Appleton Coffee is picking me up hosting me and providing my ticket wow that Love is it. that is bold i am also going Steve. to the game but not with yes the season, so. season ticket holder so yeah. nice very nice um i'm gonna freeze my butt off at this game uh i i, I was expecting this to be a sunday game so i was um i was pl- spending a lot of time planning it to be a sunday game and that was a saturday night game but whatever we'll make it we'll make it work um but uh excuse me mr saturday games are awesome not night that's seven o'clock make it three that's perfect you, you- you were just last week on this podcast like oh man so saturday games are great it's better to, it, so it's better to have a saturday seven o'clock game than a sunday seven o'clock game but it's january make it make it during the day give people time to enjoy the post game at a reasonable hour um th- that's that's better so, but it's fine um so you're going to the game a tub is going to the game my yeah. sister is going to the game and i will be at home watching her twin seven-month-olds uh, they will be hanging out with with Uncle Jr. all day long. I'll even, I'll be, probably be writing too, so it's going to be a real adventure. Yeah. But uh, I don't know who's going to have it worse: you guys freezing your butts off in the stands, or me with uh, with the twin babies. But <laughs> I kind of like where I'm sitting. I'm not going to lie; I'm not a cold guy, so you know. Yeah, uh, I, I I know how to get equipped for these, so I'll be fine. Not a problem. But Matt, let's try and grab a beer if we can. And uh, absolutely, yeah, cool. Um, as for plugs for me, I got my Shepherd Express column going up shortly. I'm going to write something about the 49ers later this week that I haven't figured out yet. I'm definitely going to sim this game, so um, there'll be a Tecmo sim for this one later on. Um, I've got I've got cool new fancy capture equipment to actually um, record the game, so I'll put that up on YouTube, and we'll see who wins in Tecmo Bowl um, as well. So that will do it for us. Uh, everybody enjoy the game on Saturday. It should be a good and fun one, and uh, we'll be back next week, win or lose, uh, hopefully win, to uh to to preview the 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 game hopefully not against the buccaneers